Hello and welcome to the Albion Social, your number one podcast for all things West Bromwich Albion. My name's Brad, otherwise known as Albion Insights, and as always, I'm joined by my amazing co-host Alfie from the Baggies Bible. So we've got a busy one today, Alf, as yeah. uh, as, as we usually do at this moment in time, and <laughs> we've got three games to cover again. The the, the privilege, um, Stoke, Middlesbrough, and Norwich, three important games in our season. Yeah. Um, Stoke, a visit from our old friends at the Hawthorne, saw a frustrating one-all draw um, on Sunday afternoon. A wild cross-come shot from Lyndon Gooch managed to beat Alex Palmer at his back post, and both sides had to come away with their share of the spoils. I saw some criticism for Alex Palmer on Twitter, um, saying that he should be saving that from Gooch. Um, I mean... It is just a free goal, isn't it, really? I mean, people are so quick to jump on players' backs, but apart from that, did Stoke do enough to stay in the game and to come away with the point, really? Well, um, uh, probably... No, not really. I mean, I thought they was okay, Stoke, to be fair. Not, like, amazing. They didn't, obviously didn't do a lot going forward, but I thought they was relatively well um, disciplined and drilled in their formation, in their block. And um, especially in the middle, as uh, obviously Carlos said about the main the main route against Stoke was down the outside, and that we didn't pick it up enough and stuff. Um, I thought they cancelled out the the middle quite a lot. Um, but I mean, the balance of the game is that we've had seven shots on target, and they've had one, which was Gooch trying to cross the ball. <laughs> so it's it's a tough question, to be fair. I feel, I feel like on the on the base of it, Stoke have done okay. But, yeah, they shouldn't have left with the point, I don't think. No, I think I'd agree with that as well. I mean, the, the whole the, the one shot on target was a, a cross-come shot, as we said. I mean, as we as said before this podcast, I mean, if he tried to do that on purpose, he wouldn't be doing it. He'd be, he'd no. be going in Rose Edford on it, basically. <laughs> but, um, no, I think Stoke, I think, the, the main um, weakness that I pointed at last week was probably the goalkeeper at Bonham. Yeah. Yeah. I think I said that um, he obviously had that, had that mistake against Swansea the week before and he's been a bit shaky this season. And then suddenly he, he must have listened to the podcast because <laughs> yeah. it was an absolute brilliant performance from him. I mean, I can think of three or four really important saves that he made, yeah. especially the, the BTI chance and the Pippa's chance right at the end as well. I mean, mm. how, how good was he at Bonham on, on the day? Well, I mean, first off, it didn't seem to be in great shape. Uh, no. I was saying I was saying at the game, get the crosses onto his head, get the corners onto his head because he can't deal with them. And there was one, I think it uh, might have been Furlong or Wallace, put it right just over his head and he was just flapping at it. And um, I thought from then, oh we've got this got this fella on the on this you know on the ropes here. But yeah, he, he made five saves in the game, which I think on its own is uh, pretty good. And um they were all pretty good saves. Um, like you say, I think the uh, the Pippa one at the end, the high one, and uh, the BTA flick, some good saves there, man. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one when um, Bonham is known as not a very good goalkeeper. Do you know what I mean? And he pulls this out against us after, you know, cocking up in the week. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a bitter pill to swallow. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I felt a bit stupid after saying that uh, <laughs> he's a weakness. But as I said, there's been so many errors from him that's seen over the past couple of years. 
Yeah. Fair play because it was a really good performance and he definitely kept them in the game. So maybe a bit of motivation after his error at Swansea. But yeah. um, going on to our goal, then I think it was really good work by Furlong yeah. um, and Wallace as well. I think it was, but Wallace had probably his best performance for a while. No, I think it was really electric on that day. I mean, even his footwork just seemed a lot quicker, and it was quicker yeah. moving than moving the ball. He's really stepped up again, and. Especially in the build for the first goal as well. I mean, his passing to Furlong and Furlong's sort of work ethic to, to get to that. I mean, yeah. but when it come back out to BTA, I fully expect that to, to go, or to, to be dragged to the side or go straight over the bar. And it was really good technique, wasn't it, from BTA, yeah. to be honest? Yeah, well controlled. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it was a good goal all around. Obviously, it was a good ball from Wallace. Um, getting it into Furlong and then Furlong, yeah, he's, he's done so well to just get around the side of the defender, just poke it back in and put it back to a Yukushlu. Um Looked like Yukushlu's shot was going going wide, which would have been a bit of a gutter, but fortunately, it's come back out to BTA. He's, he's just watched it down, hasn't he? On his left foot as well, I think it was, right? So, yeah, I mean, um, a well-controlled strike and, um, yeah, I thought BTA played well, to be honest. I saw a lot of criticism for him. Which was, I thought, a bit unwarranted, seeing as it was a a good goal and uh, a goal that you you know maybe you needed to score needs to get a bit of a run going. Um, yeah, but like I think, like you said, Wallace was the main man. Was the main man. Yeah. I mean, we've had our fair things, fair, fair share to say about old Jed, but all it all it ever was was wanting him to come back into form, and it looks like uh, he's finding his feet again to me. Mm. I mean, Peter and Wallace, as, you, as you've said. Are- two players that have really received a lot of criticism, albeit fair criticism as well at, at some yeah, point. Yeah. From myself as well. <laughs> but um I mean even BTA is just general play. I mean, he still had the least amount of touch on the pitch, but you have to take into consideration his position, heavy plays, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean he's gonna have less touches because he sees less of the ball, obviously, but he's he's running behind or attempted running behind for the first goal as well. I mean, if um I think it was your custody if if he found him with that pass. It was a brilliant run by BTA. So hopefully it was a much better performance and it gives him a bit more of a confidence boost now as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I say, I think BTA just needs to get a little run going. Mm. Um, Obviously I would, I'd put myself in the camp of um, kind of going against him in recent weeks, because you can tell at, at, you know, times that he's not a striker and maybe he's not a championship player, but uh, I think he can be, to be honest. And I think the early part of the season, he looked like he'd really improved uh, from last season. I think he's just maybe dropped off a little, maybe he's finding it hard, you know, shouldering all of the responsibility, which would be completely understandable. Um, You know, it's, it's pretty much all on him up front and that is tough. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's completely in our interest for BTA to just kind of get that ball rolling, get a few strikers' goals, um, especially with the games coming up. We're going to need some goals, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, let's hope it just gets gets that ball rolling through. Definitely. I mean, when you look at the, the game state as well, we, we've got to half-time, we think... We speak about going to half-time quite a lot on this podcast. When we, start, we speak about the mentality of... If we get to half time, then we have a good chance at getting something out of the game. Yeah. And 
I don't know about you, but the feeling that I got when we got to halftime, the 45 minutes, was that, okay, we can go on to win this now. Yeah. I felt like that there was we were the better team. We created the better chances. Um, In the second half, I think we had four shots on target and that there were quite a few good chances. We said that Bonham was obviously impressive as well, but do you think we could have been slightly more clinical with our chances? Did, did we deserve another goal? Yeah, I, I definitely think we deserved another goal, to be honest, because we, you're creating, aren't you? And that's the mm. thing. I think there's been moments and periods under Corbyn where we haven't been creating as much, for, especially from open play. So I think it's just one of them where maybe you've done enough, but you haven't got over the line, do you know what I mean? And it's tricky. I know a lot of people are saying this is what happens when you haven't got a proper striker, blah de blah. But I think BTA did as, as much as he could with his little flicked chance. Um, and then the rest of them fall to like Pippa. Do you know what I mean? Like some you know, your right back who's playing left wing might miss those chances. That's just part of the part of the game in it but I think all credit should go to Bonham to be honest um, and I think it's like I say I think it's just one of those things where we have we've definitely done enough to win that game and I think um, you win that game 99 times 99 times out of the 100 that you play if I'm totally honest because of the fluke goal and the chances that we had um, we had a few, obviously you had the offside goal as well, Bartley's offside goal, and you had the opportunity where Fellows was free on goal. I thought that was a cracking bit of defending. Another day, you get a few of those go for you and you win like 3 or 4-0. So, I just, yeah, I think we've, we have we we did enough to score another goal. It just wasn't to be. Yeah, I think the, probably the most frustrating one thing was Bartley's, the offside goal, because... Mm-hmm. You look at it again from the replays, and it's like he should be moving a bit quicker. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to come back inside, but he might not have expected that the cross to come inside quick from Jed. Um, it's just one of those things, unfortunately. And I mean, with Pippa as well, he come on at like seventy-seven minutes, and as you said as well, he played in a more advanced role because he come on for like Sarmiento on the yeah. left wing. I mean, with Pippa, do you think he's pushing towards a start at the moment? Do you think he's doing enough when he comes on? Yeah, definitely. I think he's looking, he's just lively every time mm-hmm. he comes on. Um, he seems secure with the ball, uh, receiving the ball, turning and running at players, all that kind of standard stuff. He seems to have a decent enough delivery into the box, as we saw, you know, against Sunderland. Um, he seems to get in the right areas, um, as we saw against Stoke. He was in the, in the right areas a few times to get a few chances at goal. Um. Yeah, it's. I just think it's a tricky one. Can you? I think it take a you know some some courage from Carlos to name Pippa in the starting eleven at left wing. Do you know what I mean? Because you brought him in. He's pro- he's probably nailed him as like a furlong backup at right wing back. Do you know what I mean? And now he's playing left wing. But I think it goes as well with that Sarmiento. Um, I don't think he was playing too well, um, especially on Saturday, uh, Sunday. Uh, Grady's probably dipped below his, you know, what the level that he got back up to. Um, so I'd say both Pippa and Fellows um, 
deserve a shot, to be honest. And maybe it can go the other way where it helps out the, the Sarmiento and Dean Garner in terms of stepping out of the team. Maybe they need a little rest. Maybe they need to just watch the game from the sidelines and uh, see what, what they can do better. Yeah, I think with, um, with Pippa as well, but when he came in, in his uh, first interview, he said that he's as good defensively as he is offensively. He, he offers a bit of both, but I don't yeah. think that, that it's particularly true, to be honest. <laughs> I think um, his, his weakness definitely comes his defensive capabilities, to be honest. I mean, he's much better going forward than he is defensively, I, yeah. I would say. And I think our wingers are probably not our strongest, but we definitely have the, the most depth in our wingers at the moment. So... It, it's a hard it's a hard place for Pippa at the moment, isn't it? Because, he, like, as you said, do, do you drop someone like Sarmiento to start Pippa? I don't think you do, but yeah. it's working well at the moment because Sarmiento can't play 90 minutes effectively. He can't really play more than 70 at the moment because he yeah. just doesn't look up, up to speed. And I think it's working quite well with Pippa coming on, coming on like 70 minutes. He offers something different. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, it's, it's always... Yeah, it's it's arguable in it, I think. But then it's it's tough in it because how can you say to a professional footballer that you're not starting games because I want you to come on after seventy five minutes? Do you know what I mean? Obviously, it's not us saying it to him, but um, I'd say he's he's uh, he's pushed enough for a start. And um, yeah, it's it's difficult, like I say, with the whole his position. Um, he's not. Well, he might be a winger, do you know what I mean? If we go away from the classic, you know, should he be, you know, chained by the fact that he's a right back or right wing back when he's looking pretty decent on the left-hand side? And um, like you say, you've got Sarmiento out there who is a natural winger and who is, you know, young and exciting and whatever. Um, it's a tricky one, but I definitely think fellows should start. I know, you know, like tooting his own and all that, but... I thought he looked good when he came on um, on Sunday. Um, I thought he brought it like immediately with that running behind, just that energy and that desire. And I thought he was really unlucky with that that chance. So I'd really like to see well, and especially with the you know fixture list getting compacted and stuff. I'd like to see fellows, especially given a start. And to be honest, I wouldn't mind seeing both fellows and Pippa take up the uh, the wide positions with Jed um, up front with BTA um, against Borough. I think as well with Afcon coming up as well and and, and Grady yeah. being uh, unavailable for a couple of weeks, the players like Pippa and Fellows who are almost not, not obviously fringe players, but they're on on the cusp of the starting eleven, that they are going to be really important in the next month or so. Yeah, yeah. So, and with that one all draw as well, Stokes' winless run extended to eight, <laughs> eight, eight games without a win now. The new manager looking like some Schumacher from Plymouth, maybe. Yeah. Which would be a really good appointment for them. I'd say. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. shocked if if he does go, but they've apparently held talks. I mean, can you see them improving under Schumacher? Um, can you see them working their way up the table now? Yeah, I definitely can. I mean, I think they've got a pretty decent enough team. Um, they've got a few players that I like, like Keanu Hoover. I think he's a really decent player. Um, Wouterberger, uh, you know, Sanderberger's evil twin. As, uh, I think he looks like a real decent player. Uh, Ryan Mimay, good player. Do you know what I mean? And Schumacher's a good manager. Um, I think they looked um, improved 
against us, to be honest. They, I thought they looked a lot better than I thought they would be. Um, it looks like uh, Paul Gallagher has kind of had a good effect, which always seems to happen with caretaker managers, done it? And I think it's the second time we've been uh, stung by a caretaker manager in like, what, two, three weeks. So, yeah, um, yeah it's... it's uh, it's surprising to me because, you know, just going into the general footballing world, that Schumacher, he's built that at Plymouth and they're doing well enough. Um, I, I think they're, are they above Stoke? Yeah, yeah. Three, points, three points above Stoke, I'm pretty sure. I just, I've seen a lot of tweets saying, you know, bigger club, bigger transfer budget, blah, blah, but you've built all that at Plymouth and now you just want exactly. to go to Stoke City, like a, a notorious poison chalice. It's just weird, man. But yeah, I, I, I do think now. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not pitting them as you know outsiders for the playoffs, but I think they'll definitely recover quite well and probably do well next season. Mm, I'd agree with that as well. So we're looking ahead now to uh, Saturday, our next game, uh, pre-Christmas trip to the Riverside uh, to face the Mighty Borough again for the second time this season. Um, they're somewhat struggling aren't they, this season, Borough? I mean, compared to last season, I think we all expected them maybe to kick on a bit more under Carrick, um, but losing Akapam and Archer and some other players, I mean, it's it's had a really negative effect on them, hasn't it? I mean, they're sitting in 13th place now at halfway point in the season. But what's gone wrong for Borough? I don't know, if I'm honest. I mean, I mm. think the big thing is uh, no Akapam, who obviously scored... A ludicrous amount of goals from the 10 position or whatever he was playing. Um, lost Archer, who you know was a big part, I think it was more so a big part of their uh formation and the way that they played. Um, they didn't replace him. Um, so obviously, <laughs> I can't blame them because it's very, very hard to replace players of that quality. They got this uh Emmanuel Latte Lath, you know, I think it's highly rated. Young man, well, 24, not no, 24 is young if I'm 25. Um, he's not, there's 16 matches, five goals. He's not really at the ground running. I think that's probably the main issue with Borough. They've lost a lot of goals, a bit like us when we lost uh, Gail and Jayrod. You know, you lose that amount of goals. And they're both Archer and uh, Archer and Akpon got a few assists as well, didn't they? So. It's tough. And then I think they've had uh, their fair share of injury problems, haven't they? Um, yeah. I know Hackney's out at the moment. Um, who else was it? Lenehan as well. O'Brien, Force, McNair, McGree, and Tommy Smith. Which is quite, it's a fairly lengthy list. It's you know an extensive I mean? list, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it looks like they're going through a little bit of the uh, injury crisis that we've seemed to be, you know, going through as well mm. so but yeah i think i am really surprised at how i mean how they haven't been bad but they've definitely underperformed mm. i expected a lot lot more from them yeah to add to that list as well i mean sunny dieng uh, picked up an injury uh, the yeah. other day so They've now got Tom Glover, who only come from Melbourne City in the summer, and he hasn't started the game in the league. So he, he managed one minute against, um, was it Swansea, Swansea <laughs> over the yeah. weekend, I think. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully it's more of a bonus for us that 
um, in the sense that he maybe isn't up to speed with the championship. He's only played in the AFL Cup. Mm. Hopefully, he's a little bit nervous. Sonny Dieng, I know he has his um, lapses in concentration, I'd say, but he's a solid championship keeper, isn't he, really? And when you look at that list as well, we've got Marcus Force as well being added to the injury list. I mean, yeah. they're all very important players for Borough. Yeah. And as you, as you picked upon as well, they've essentially replaced... Aquaman and Archer with Sam Greenwood and Natty Lath. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always going to be problems, but I think I've seen some Borough fans on Twitter get really frustrated with Carrick or get progressively more frustrated because yeah. the style of play seems to have dropped off a cliff in mm. terms of being, being quite slow-paced, um, not very direct or effective. It's quite similar to how we played at times this season. You know, I was going to say, that sounds like it's... <laughs> But playing it from the back, and you have the the lads who uh, really hate that type of football, obviously. Oh, but um, yeah, it's one of those things. He's gone through a difficult point at the moment. He, he has a good enough squad to be able to compete for playoffs. Characters, yeah. He should really be doing a better job anyway. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's tough because I do want to say that they have a good enough squad to be properly knocking about in the playoffs, but. Yeah, it's just such a big miss uh, up front with uh, Pom and Archer. It's just, it's so big. It's so big. Um, and it's clearly not replicated across the team. I mean, they have scored 34 goals. So they're not, you know, not doing too also, bad. Also, also conceded 34 goals as Yeah, well. exactly, yeah. yeah. I it's, mean, it's where, that's where the problem is, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, but yeah, that, so that, that, yeah. Latte Laugh and Greenwood... Their top scorers, um, yeah, I think they're an odd case because Carrick's a good manager, as we saw last season. Mm. Um, obviously, got all the plaudits over our, our very own Carlos. Maybe warranted, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it looks like I'm, I'm really surprised to hear that they're they're uh, not too happy with him. To be honest, um, in the grand scheme of things, when like we've said, uh, what he's lost and. They're they're not being they're not being that bad, you know what I mean? I know they're thirteenth, but they're only six points behind us. Yeah. In uh fifth. So that can quite easily turn around with a few good wins, not starting on Saturday, of course. So yeah, I'm really surprised to hear that because I feel like they're in a similar position to us with, with Carlos in terms of a long term manager, a young up and coming manager with the right ideas about football. Um, and maybe these modern football fans will realise that the right ideas about football are slow, possession-based, uh, playing out from the back. You never mm. know. But I mean, they are still scoring a decent number of goals, as you, as you said, but they're conceding as many as they're converting. Yeah. It's probably where the issue is. I mean, before the 2-1 win over Swansea on Saturday, they'd lost four of the previous five games. So I mean, you, you look at that type of form coming into arguably the most important part of, of the season, the, the Christmas period, where there's so many games back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. They're just not putting those wins together, that those performances. It's very inconsistent, I'd, I'd, I'd probably say. I mean, they're, they're not doing bad, as you, as you said, but you expect them to be more consistent and getting results where they haven't. Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking at their... You say inconsistent. They started off really badly, didn't they? Yeah, they really didn't poor. win. They didn't win until September, and then they won one, two, three, four, five, six games in a row. Exactly, and, and, uh, and then they're really strange. 
they've won three since then, and that was uh, two months ago. <laughs> that is, yeah, you're saying consistent. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, and I mean, in that run, well, yeah, they've, they've beat Leicester in November. Then they lose to oh, Leeds, right. Ipswich Hall, Bristol, Bristol City. Yeah, it's an odd one, isn't it? That's a, the, the curious case of Michael Carrick. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the home form as well, because the home form's quite poor. I mean, it, it's not terrible, but they've won five, lost five, and drew one, so it's quite average. But they're actually performing better away from home as well. We talked last season, the, the Riverside was their fortress. I don't yeah. think they, they had like a really insane unbeaten, unbeaten run at home, so... It just seems like a polar opposite of, of the side that we knew from last season, really. I mean, we beat them 4-2 in the reverse fixture earlier on in the season. They've had some really, really strange results, as you've just pointed out as well. I mean, it, it's one of those games where I'm going into it really nervous, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm honest, because the inconsistency can sometimes go against us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Going away from home as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're looking, you feel like all the variables are in front of you and they all say to you, West Brom should win this game. And then you think, oh, should they though? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I agree with, the, with you. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure how I'm feeling going into this one. Like, I, feel, I do feel like we should win. We should be going up to the Riverside and getting the three points, but you don't know, damn yeah, mate. You don't know. We, and we said, we said that about Stoke as well, didn't we? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it, so. yeah, it's 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 odd. And I mean, I think it goes back to what I said after Leicester with us losing our momentum. Yeah. Um, I think we've got to shake that off. And obviously, we've not been able to. Obviously, we beat Rotherham. Um, should have beat Stoke. So you could argue that we have, but we need to. Uh, you know, going into you playing Borough Norwich. Um, we need. I think we need to be getting two wins um, to to really kind of shake off the uh, the you know the bad feeling. Mm, definitely. I mean, you, you spoke about that didn't you as well about losing the momentum. It it does feel like we've lost that edge a little bit to me. It does feel like we've lost that. Yeah, just just the the confidence really in, in the whole team. I don't feel the players feel as confident anymore. It seems like that something's just getting to them a little bit. So, I mean, hopefully we can come back with three points this weekend. I mean, yeah. we spoke about their injury list a little bit earlier. We also have a list of our own and mm. Swift may have added to that again. I mean, he he was um, withdrawn from the squad on Sunday. He seems to still be having a little bit of trouble with that calf injury, picked up at Blues, uh, according yeah. to Chapman. Um I think it's really important how he manages match fitness, match fitness now, especially with Afcon coming up as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, Swiss, very weird one. I mean, with him, you know, Carlos is saying that it's from his original calf injury, um, mm. and then obviously pulled up on his hamstring a little bit in training. So it's not usually, is it, that that happens? So um, it's probably just a you know indicator of where our look is in the absolute mud. But um, yeah, it's, you'd like to have brought him on against Stoke, I think. Um, it's good to have him on the on the bench, which is of course where I put him. But um, yeah, it's, it's a it is an odd one. It is an odd one. But like you say, managing 
managing the minutes. Um, that's where going back to, you know, Pippa, Fellows, those kind of players where I'd like to see them. And uh, maybe the players that come out can benefit from it as well. So, yeah, I mean, we, it'd be very useful to have Swift available um, over the next four or five games for sure. I know that he frustrates people, obviously, but when he's having a bad day, he's having a really bad day and he's, he's slower and he's not as effective. But I think I mentioned this a few times now on the podcast, which you're probably getting sick of, <laughs> that he, he does still top all of our attacking metrics in terms of just everything. Him and yeah. Wallace are both up there. And it may be that he's a bit more silent with his moves like going forward, but he's such an important player in terms of being a squad player, even if he's not performing, just having that option off the bench, as you said. So hopefully it's, it's not too serious and hopefully he is available uh, for, for Borough and we do get to see him on the weekend. Yeah, look, well, yeah, just, a, yeah, as a <laughs> as a sub, as a sub. As a sub. <laughs> we, play, we play better without him, man. Come on. Oh, uh, we're on to the last game now for discussion, Alfie, and it's yes. a um, post, post-Christmas post Boxing Day. Boxing uh, Day Bonanza. <laughs> welcome to the Canaries at the Hawthorns. <laughs> it's the best day for football fans around the world, isn't it? And yes. hopefully it's a good day for the Baggies as well. Of course, um, mate. Norwich, they've had quite a similar season to Borough. Yeah. If if I think if I'm going back right. I mean, they've got the same goal difference. They're conceding the same number of goals as, as they're scoring. They're not really consistent with, with, with the results. They're in good shape coming into this game. I mean, they've only lost one of the last seven, but prior to that, I think they've lost five at the last six. Yeah. So they're definitely a team on the on upturn of form at the moment. But how good of a job is Wagner doing at Norwich? I mean, is he, is he good enough to manage someone at Norwich? I mean, on the face of it, yes. I mean, mm. it was his job at Huddersfield, wasn't it? I think that got him the plaudists and whatever. I don't know. It's, Norwich is such a weird one with the... Um, yeah, it's just a weird... Because Norwich should definitely be doing better. Norwich should have done a lot better last season. Um, and they just it, just... it just feels like they haven't. Do you know what I mean? They just haven't kicked on. And um, they're obviously sitting 10th. Not doing too bad again, like you say, quite similar to to Middlesbrough, where they're just kind of just not consistent enough. Um, obviously, coming off the back of her holding Ipswich at their place to keep their notorious record that is much similar to ours with certain other clubs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that'll be. A, a tough game. I do like. I watched the game against uh, Ipswich, and I think that they, they look like they're trying to play more of a uh, passing game, more of a you know attacking passing game, vertical tiki taka, whatever you want to call it, uh, with uh, Kenny McLean at centre back. I don't know if you saw about that, but it's an interesting one. And I mean, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, oh, I'd like if we could have DK back available, which obviously won't happen because it's way too soon, but you'd be so perfect to just slap DK on Kenny McLean at centre-back. Um, but then I thought he played against George Hurst, who's plays for Ipswich, who's a big striker and wasn't really any issue. So um, maybe it's a master stroke from uh, David Wagner. But one player 
well, two players, but one player, uh, Gabriel Sara, who mm. just looks, he gives a little bit of the Pereiras about him, where he's uh, he's just too good for this league. He's just the best. Uh, well, not the best, yeah, it's a big statement, but you know. And uh, John Rob, he's obviously come out of nowhere. Uh, real danger. The rest of their team really doesn't scare me at all, if I'm honest. Well, I mean, they're currently five points behind us in, in the table. So you say that they're 10th and we're 6th or whatever, but they're only five points behind us. Yeah. They've got a really good blend, I would say, of like talented youth and experience. I mean, you said about Jonathan Rowe. He's been on fire this season with 10 goals so far. Sara, he shouldn't be in this league. I think he's up there with one of the best players in the league, to be honest. But then you have the likes of Ashley Barnes and Shane Duffy as well. I think Barnes was a really good coup for them at this level. I think they had, they had a bit of stick when they did sign him. Um, but no, I, I've always liked Ashley Barnes and Shane Duffy is a, is a good centre-half at this level. I think they both give them an, an edge and competitiveness at this level because that they have played at, at the top. So yeah. what, what is their biggest threat? Would you say what, what type of football is Wagner trying to implement at Norwich? I know you said about the tiki the tiki taka, but yeah, you, you have players like Ashley Barnes in your team. How do they play to be strengths? Well, it looks. I mean, when I was watching against Ipswich, obviously Oida's a big fella, Adam Oida. Mm. Um, Ashley Barnes, a notoriously big fella, <laughs> um, loves an aerial battle. Um, but then it's like you've got uh, Gabriel Sara and um, Marcelino Nunes who are both kind of number 10s, I want to say. Number 8s, number 10s. And they've got a little pivot going on. It's a very attacking kind of midfield too. So it feels like they've got, they've built for the possibility to play either way. Do you know what I mean? Where they can play through the lines and they can lump it up to big Ashley Barnes. So um, it's a it's an interesting prospect to come up against because when you've got two potential play styles that you could just alternate on in game without making subs, it's a it's a threat, isn't it? So um, and obviously John Rowe from the wing. I, I'm not a massive fan of this Borja Soints. Um, obviously, like I said, I watched it against Ipswich. He didn't seem a great player to be honest, but. Um, John Rowe off the other side, he seems to be scoring poachers' goals. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I, say, like I say, I would expect, and I think they will play, try and play their brand of football. Obviously, like I say, with Kenny McLean coming centre-back to try and build up from the back with a left footer. Um, I think we've got to get onto him. I think the big, the big thing here will be pressing. And getting the ball back off them. Yeah, I mean, we are one of the best pressing sides in the division, if if not the best in terms of like efficiency and intensity. You look at the numbers, but we are up there. And as you said, I completely agree with that. It is probably going to be the most important part of our game against Norwich, and I, I, I imagine that Carlos knows that as well. <laughs> so yeah. we, we we may see similar to versus Hull when you have like the the two sort of pressing from the goalkeeper. Yeah. Pressing the keeper, blocking that path towards the centre arse because it's such an important way of, of how they build up from the back. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look at someone like Marcelino Nunes as well, who, who you mentioned. I love the pronunciation, by the way, of his first name. Marcelino. <laughs> um, he does often go into the radar, doesn't he, because of Sarah receiving all the plaudits. I mean, yeah. Nunes does the dirty work well. He does more so than Sarah. I mean, yeah, he's such an important cog in the system. And because of that, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see like a slight change in formation, maybe, maybe going with three in midfield. Because... Mm. We know someone like Ashley Barnes, who essentially is playing in that number 10, but also drifting out wide, going straight up front, and you have the two in behind who are playing like two eights. I can see the midfield battle being so important in this game. And yeah. are you custom and Moe on the top on the top game at the moment? Are, are they playing the best football? I think maybe they've dropped off a little bit in the last couple of games. And someone like Malumbi may offer a little bit more if he's playing there with you custom. And Morris as well. So, I'm not. I'm not saying that it, it, it's what he should do. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if you say something like that with the three three midfielders. Yeah, it gives it's something to think about in it because if you mm. go for those three midfielders, then you can't go for the like you said earlier with the two pressing up front against their centre backs and goalkeeper. So, it's identifying where they're most, um, you know, where they're most dangerous. Is it? when the centre-backs have got the ball or when they've progressed the ball a bit more. It reminds me a bit of when we played Leicester and we were just pressing Leicester in the box, but then stepping off from outside when they were coming up to the halfway line. Um, yeah. Is it, do you want to stop it at root or do you want to say you can have the ball with your centre-halves, but when it gets into the midfielders, they're not getting a, a you know, they're we'll not getting any here, breathing room. Running, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a yeah, it's an interesting one, and I mean, it might be like you say, the right thing to do, especially with a player like Sarah, who can orchestrate a game. And uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think that's the it's a game changing player, isn't it? That uh, you might want to just focus on and keep quiet. Definitely, it's more thinking behind it as well. Like if if you can isolate a player as important as Sarah and maybe restrict how much time he gets on the ball by having someone like Malumbi in, in that 10. I know we said last last episode that we don't really rate him in that 10 role, but having him so close to Marcelo Nunes and Gabriel Sara may be beneficial to us, um, blo- blocking the build-up from yeah. Sara. Yeah, Because he, he, he does often drop quite deep, um, and so does Nunes as well in the build-up. So it's definitely something to think about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something for God to think about. Very long and hard, which I'm yeah. sure he's already doing. Mm-hmm. And the other one for me as well is Adam Ida. I know you've, you mentioned him. He is a bit of a strange, strange player for me. I think he's re- he's really struggling at the moment, and he, yeah. he looked out looked out of sorts in tips which on on Saturday. Yeah. Now that I've said that, he'll probably score against us. <laughs> standard, standard. Yeah, so I've always quite liked Adam Ida. I always thought mm. he'd. Um, kind of burst onto the scene uh and he just never i mean when he first come on with norwich and he looked good and stuff like that and then you know he was he was he was highly rated on football manager i can tell you that um but it's never it's not really happened for him has it i've been waiting like season after season you have like little adam ida still hasn't quite nailed it yet obviously he's only 22 so yeah, it's it's a weird one. I mean, I'm just yeah, yeah. 
I think you, did, you do forget his age sometimes, don't you? Because he did start playing when he was like 17, I think, 17, 18. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he had he's... Ireland caps as well when he was quite yeah. young. But he was, he was just so highly rated. And I think he scored like three or four goals in his first couple of games. And yeah. he just really hasn't kicked on. But nah. as, as I said, he'll probably score against us now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bang on with Ashley Barnes, like off his yeah. arse or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think we can. I think no. I feel both these games are ones that we have to look at and say these are the these are the games you have to picking points off, mm. picking points up from. Um. So yeah, I really I hope we go for it. I really, we hope I know Carlos will definitely go for it. Um. And yeah, I think we'll. Uh, I reckon we'll get the six points, man. I really do. I like the uh, optimism, Alfred. <laughs> I mean, yeah. as you said, that th- these are these are the teams that are around us. These are the teams we have to pick up points from if we want to have have a crack at the playoffs. So, yeah. I-, I can see us maybe. I'd be happy with four points from six. So we're winning yeah. a draw, a-, a draw at the Riverside, and a win on um, Boxing Day. I'd-, I'd be I'd be happy with that, especially if the- there were good performances as well. So. Yeah. Let's just hope for a Christmas miracle, eh? And we yes. have all six points. <laughs> yes, Santa brings us six points. Please, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we have time for today, Alf. Um, thank you again for joining me and uh, discussing all the, all those three games. I've thank thoroughly you. enjoyed it. Yes, great episode, mate. Mm. And I'll see you next week. See you next week. And uh, have a good Christmas, mate. Have a good Christmas. <laughs>